This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Hello, my friends, and welcome to History That Doesn't Suck. I'm your professor, Greg Jackson. And today, we take a little pause from our usual story-driven account of American history to bring you a little discussion. I'm joined by my dear friend here, Kelsey Dines. Kelsey, go ahead and say hello. Hey, y'all. There we are. Um, we've done, in the last two years or so, mm -hmm. uh, eight second edition episodes at this point. Yeah. And today, we just had the thought that after having done eight of those, we've replaced the original files to those episodes at the beginning of the catalog. And frankly, we just know that that's kind of different for, for podcasts to do. So we just thought, let's go ahead and address this very directly in a single episode. We've kind of, we've not even kind of, I, no, we've discussed it. But, we've been yeah. very straight, straightforward in, in a few epilogues. But it was always like, uh, here's the one thing we're going to, slide in there as we also talk about like six major episodes and yeah it was very much just a hey we're doing these second editions this is gonna be fun for all of us we're excited Duly to do noted. it yeah and then we moved on to discussing as we do in epilogues yeah but felt like it was probably a good idea to bring that all together especially since we've done eight of them at this point yeah yeah, yeah. and we are uh, looking to do more by the way I'm also going to know it is January 10th, 2023. We'll bring that back later in the in our discussion. It'll, it'll, it'll be important later. It is with purpose that <laughs> I say this, yes. So, yeah, let's, let's go ahead and dive in. Okay. All right. So, I mean, the first thing I want to make very clear, I remain absolutely pleased with the early episodes. We're not doing this because we're like, oh, my goodness, they're— yeah, no. absolutely not. They're not terrible. HCDS was built on <laughs> They're not terrible. Right. Glowing, uh, glowing, glowing you know, praise. praise, yes. <laughs> but that, like, that's not why we're doing it. No. Because they were, right? No, I stand by them. Uh, the blood, sweat, and tears. And, I mean, the fond memories of working with Josh and CL. Man, those early yeah. days. <laughs> yeah. All very, you know, that's not, not having Before your time, idea. It was before yeah. my time. But not having any idea what this was going to turn into. No. No, um, but uh, yeah, th there are a few reasons why we've decided to to do these second editions. So all that said, I don't know that we're going to do this in order of importance per se. Uh, Probably but, not. But we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll come out swinging with, um, I've honed my craft. <laughs> and well, I, I guess we're going to get a little bit into the philosophy, you know, of, of history that doesn't suck. It, it is different to go back to old episodes and remaster or, or do a second edition, right? That's unusual in the podcasting space, but I'll point out my very purposeful use of the term second edition. Remaster's fine. I, I don't mind that. We sometimes We call that them that sometimes, well. but... But that brings more of the podcasting, uh, like audio recording aspects to it, which is part of it. 
But the reason I say second edition is because when I started history, that doesn't suck. You know, to go back to the whole why and <laughs> you know, what, what brought me uh, to this place that I'm at now over half a decade later, I came at it as an academic. I came at it as a, as a historian, I have a PhD in history. I'm at, at the time it was tenure track. I am now a tenured professor uh, at Utah Valley University. And to me, basically the rigor that you expect in academic publishing, I wanted to see that in the podcasting space. And that is absolutely there in those old episodes. I'm pleased as punch with them. I was trained to write as an academic though. And I, I feel like the storytelling was absolutely strong. And the storytelling was I, there. It, man, and I Kelsey, think that's I, a big hook for why a lot yes, of people have enjoyed yes, them. I, it, and it's that's been my catchphrase, right? From yeah. my opening line from the beginning. I like <laughs> to tell you a story. Hundreds of thousands of Jeez, yeah, hundreds of thousands. It's probably the millions, actually. Of words really now. Th think that through. Yep. Truly thousands upon thousands of footnotes. Yeah, I've I've come to better understand not just how to take that academic rigor and put it into a story. I feel like the earlier episodes felt a little bit closer to my classroom lecture style. Not that it was the same, of course, right? Because I, I, I can't <laughs> script... A a seventy-five minute lecture, <laughs> um, you know, by no means. I, you know, it, it always had more of a book feel to it, and that, of, of course, is part of why HDDS. I've always talked about it in volumes, right? And our, yeah, our discussions at the end of a quote-unquote volume has been an epilogue because I really do conceive of HDDS as kind of more an audio book than a multi-volume. Yes, it is. I sometimes catch flack uh, from people when I describe it as. A textbook, and I appreciate it. The flack that I'm given is that it's interesting and entertaining. Yes. <laughs> and yes. textbooks tend to, to, to not, not be. be those things. But that was my goal from day one, right? Was to take textbook rigor and information, wrap them up in entertaining stories, get you to care about the people who are living and experiencing this history. And you know, it's the non-secret secret of HDDS, right? I I want. The, the listener to be so into the story that's being told. Uh, and this has been the case from day one, going all the way back to 2017. I want the listener to be so engaged with the story that you're going to accidentally learn those mind-numbing facts that, that that so many a student has loathed as they take the <laughs> AP exam. Uh, but more, more importantly, you know, it, not just for the sake of knowledge, but because I, I genuinely believe these are important things for us uh, to know it, it's helpful. <laughs> well, and I think to understand our lives, right? Understanding yes. where we came from, not just us personally, but like as a society, that helps. Yes, exactly. And so, I mean, that that's kind of the drive and thinking of this as a book. So it's not that, you know, I did an episode and and you move on. No, this this is in my mind, a anthology. It is a textbook. You come to episode one, you move forward, and HTDS takes you, the listener, from the American Revolution and eventually up through, people always ask yeah, me about when I'm going to end, end, but yeah, through American history, um, ballpark, the end of the 20th century-ish. Somewhere. We'll see. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm not going to turn into, and not because it's a bad thing. I just think that there are lines I want to distinguish. I am not a reporter. Yeah. And so at some point... Uh, well, you want there to be kind of... I feel like I, I like, personally, that no critique to other historians who go into very modern events, but like I don't feel like I, I would want to do an episode on something 
three to four years ago. Yeah. It's, it's good to have some time for things to cool down, documents to come forward. Uh, frankly, uh, dead people are a lot more forthcoming <laughs> in some ways. So uh, that's pr- a pretty morbid joke. But yeah, well, I, I don't know what the cutoff is. But the point being, the listener will absorb you know, what you should expect in a quality education. That's the idea, and that'll be fun. Taking my storytelling from what I, I did do in class, I feel like that was one of the things that, Kelsey, you were my student, I was once, a student upon a time. once upon a time. And uh, I don't think I consciously decided to become a storyteller. That's not what academic history teaches you to do. Not usually, but I think that you recognized that that helped students especially yeah. learn a lot of those details that maybe would be easy to overlook. That Yeah, that, that there's power yeah. in it. And it can be a difficult thing to bring the power of storytelling and keep the rigor of academic history. But it was a challenge that I kind of, I would say, more fell into, but eventually embraced. Yeah. And embracing it would would certainly be the, if not sooner, in the classroom, it was the day that HTDS became a thing, right? Yeah. All that to say, I don't see the past episodes as things that are just done and they're in the can. Just as an author will do a second edition of a beloved book. And it doesn't mean that the wheel is being reinvented. No, it means that they thought of something else that they felt needed to be included. Right. Or they found something else new that they felt needed to be there. So it's not them taking away anything from the work that they already did on that book. It's just adding to it. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then, through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own? With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you can make sure your ride stays running smoothly. Brake kits, LED headlights, exhaust kits, turbochargers, bumpers, whatever your baby needs eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, oh, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. So 
let's talk about a few of the things that we looked at and go, oh my gosh, these the, the perfectionist that <laughs> I most unfortunately am of uh, drive my poor um, family, uh, friends, and colleagues, I'm sure nuts. And you're all so kind to me, Kelsey. I know you've had to have thoughts at times like, good grief, Greg, let that one go. <laughs> this is this is not as big of a deal as you think it is. <laughs> is Kelsey, damn it. <laughs> okay. Um, but uh, a, a few of those things. So on the storytelling side, because again, it's not, the history is is perfect. And I'm, I'm so happy. Well, perfect. That's not the word I want. You know the what I mean. The history is solid. Yeah, the history is solid. Um, nothing is perfect. Especially yeah. not history. I, no, no. <laughs> so I'm, 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 yeah, let's just remove that word from the conversation of any historian, frankly. But the the production side. I think that's a great place to to jump in. Yeah, you know, podcasting is a funny thing. Uh, what I've observed in my now little over five years, very deeply in this space, <laughs> um, is that people maybe they're different crowds, you know, but but it all kind of um, becomes a mix of right, the emails, the reviews, whatever the things that come in. Uh, there's this love for the grit, the I love the small time, independent podcast. You're cranking it in the basement. Because yep. it's kind of a like stick it to the man. Well, kind and it's of a, like a, it seems like an achievable dream yes, for everyone. Yes, right? it does. Anybody can do this as long as they have a mic. And and I think that's part of the beauty of podcasting as a whole. Yeah. Is because you have you, so you can put many. put yourself out there. Yeah. And you can say, oh, this is something that I really love talking about, I enjoy learning about, and be able to share that with people. And you're going to find other people that are enjoy that, enjoy that. Yeah. And yet. <laughs> <laughs> and yet. And yet the production value is still, um, that's the funny thing, right? Like it, it's the grittiness of the individual podcasters appreciated. And yet the production value can then sometimes, when a show really takes off, be expected to somehow be on par with what you'd To expect. have always been that way. Yes. And to have always been that way. And you know, Airship, who produces the episodes uh, at this point, we did an episode when they first came on when uh, my my dear friend, my brother, Josh, uh, departed for Grand Pastures. By the way, I know a number of you listening to this, you are familiar with Josh's voice. You're familiar with Josh's work. I appreciate your your emails about him, particularly when he, when he left. I've passed many of those on to him. He loves, you know, to see that what he did is, is still appreciated. But, uh, you know, Josh and I, man, Josh was just willing to set himself up with an editing program. And, um, you know, I knew how to do history. I didn't know how to <laughs> do the rest of it. <laughs> no. Uh, and so um, one thing that we had no clue about was uh, the decibel level mm-hmm. that a file's uh, exported at. And um, apparently we exported like everything ever, forever, just about, <laughs> um, at too low of a level. So when we came to Airship, um, that was one of the the things that Airship said, oh, you know, that's, <laughs> you, you, you got a small volume problem there. <laughs> so we tried to fix that. One thing that Airship was able to augment that decimal level. And we started to notice it because, of course, ads would run. We didn't see that at the beginning because you can't run ads right out the gate. Yeah. Um, and, and Josh and I were just labor of loving it. You know, like that was it. Um, well, if, no support. Yeah, you're, this isn't something that you came from this audio background understanding those things <laughs> at all. <laughs> but so. yeah, so, suddenly, you know, you get like an email. Oh my gosh. Ed, These whoa. ads are really loud. Why would you scream at us? <laughs> I have no idea what you're talking about. And yeah, Eric should be like, oh, yeah. here's your problem. 
Here's your problem. Yeah. Oh, well, and so Airship's able was able to increase the sound, but as there are definitely some, uh, I'm still no audio tech. I'm not going to pretend that, that that's what Airship does. That's, <laughs> but that's their job. Basically, kind of like, like a, a photo that you might have on your phone or your computer, you can only enlarge it so much and it depends on the quality yeah. right, of the initial photo before it starts to become pixelated. The same thing happens to a sound file. So those early episodes, the raw sound is forever at a lower decimal. And as much as it's been, it's been bumped up to, yeah, to that bumped it up as high as we it can go really <laughs> yeah. is is what airship has told us like this is this is it as high as we can bring this and it is better it's so than it, yeah than it initially was but there still is that slight difference especially because right airship does the ads as well and so that's exported at the higher volume yeah. so the ads are still a little bit louder than some of these earlier episodes it's not jarring, at least. It's not super yeah. jarring. We also got the rewind sound figured out. That one was yes. really loud at first, yes, too. Yes, it, it, it was. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, these are just things that we just didn't, you know. Didn't think about. It, it, it's the the independent podcaster cranking it out in the basement, quite literally, all not those things. Not thinking about future ads. And... <laughs> well, not knowing, right? Like, yeah. that. that's part of the joy and um, craziness of history that doesn't suck. Yeah, that here... <laughs> Here we are where we are today and and so wanting to yeah bring up that that professional level now that we've kind of reached that and and fix some of these issues well we can't do that with the original audio I have to re-record yeah. those those episodes and Josh is gone so it's going to have an airship sound design mm-hmm. um but you know b- beyond that my craft has improved I I know how to go in and out of story mode or or, or rather I found my my specific modality, the way I like to do it. Yeah. It's been interesting over the years having these conversations with like Steve Walters, uh, head writer at Airship, and then with other podcasters or writers for scripted podcasts and realizing, you know, the, the different voices out there. And I've I've really found mine. Another thing, um, just not even knowing what to look out for or things that, you know, you, you just don't know in your own little corner. Uh, I try to be so careful about uh, everything and so I, I know a number of listeners are going to say, "Greg, don't you dare apologize for pronunciations and <laughs> things like that." But but look, here's here's where I do think it's an important thing, and I really try to get this stuff right because this might be the only time someone's heard of this whatever town on this side right. of the country or this river. Yeah, or, and you want to make sure you're getting it correct. I do, I do, because otherwise I perpetuate a mispronunciation. I can't even pronounce mispronunciation. There we go. Uh, so that's where that, you know, I, I mean, I do think sometimes it turns into maybe more of a hang up <laughs> than, than I should have let it become. But it's why I care so deeply about it. And uh, again, I can fix these things in, in an airship episode where we've got all these projects are archived properly. Again, I did not know what I was doing at the gate. And um, so I can't go in and fix like I think my most infamous mispronunciation <laughs> has to be Mobile, Alabama. Yep. I don't remember which episode that was. I I mean, I'm sure that it was in multiple episodes. No, it was one. <laughs> maybe, maybe multiple. I, I shouldn't say no for sure. But I I know, well, I know of one for sure. <laughs> and, you know, it still cracks me up. Uh, at that point... There, there were enough listeners that, you know, people pointed out a pronunciation or two. You know, you start to get feedback. You're just in a vacuum yeah. out the gate. And frankly, HTDS was in that super small vacuum where, um, let, let, let's be honest, um, 
mom just doesn't bring the the critiques the way that strangers do. <laughs> um, or no, right? Like you're, you're, doing you're, great. You're, you're still in your bubble. You're still in your in your small, small bubble. Yeah. And uh, I mean, as much as I have had the privilege, luxury, uh, advantage of having an education that's and in life that's taken me to a few different parts of the country. I mean, it's still very focused. I we started this podcast. I had never I had set foot in the South exactly one time for one academic <laughs> conference. Uh, never been to the Northwest. You know, the the Southwest is really where I've I've lived and <laughs> you know, done, majority done my thing. of yep, the Southwest and uh, a few years in Boston. Yeah. And, and you're and, you're shaped by that. One hundred percent. I mean People make fun of me. I'm a native <laughs> Utahan, and I don't pronounce my T's oh, very often. Right? See, it, I, I don't hunting. even think about it. It is hunting. Hunting. Here. I don't say the yep. T or the G. And I love that that <laughs> is the example you go to for a word. Well, <laughs> you know. Mountain. Mountain. Yeah. So, uh, but po- point being, um, you know, I actually asked on that. I've, I've called it mobile my whole life, and I, I asked someone who I thought knew better than me. Like, oh, no, it's mobile. It's really because I've always heard nope. It's mo okay. Okay, uh, trying to you know humbly <laughs> accept correction, and for me it was also part of the lesson of like okay, right, whatever you say or do, there are far more people with opinions than there are people who have the right facts, and yeah. we, these are things we all know, but you kind of have to experience them before you yeah. you know it, right? So. Um, but now, thank you to everyone in the HTDS Facebook group in particular. I mean, I've asked on other social media, um, you know, Twitter and stuff, whatnot, but uh, that group, Facebook group is, is just... freaking amazing. Yeah, yep. very engaging. And, you know, there, there's just such a variety of listeners now. It's like I can pierce my own, you know, my, my mortal shortcoming. Well, not like it's a shortcoming. We all live in a place, we all have a background, but... Yeah. I can say, hey, how do you pronounce this river in Arkansas? And someone there will know. Someone, know, yes. Out comes someone. Oh, yeah, I I fish on that river. This is how you this say This is how it's said. Okay, you fish on it. That's pretty authoritative. I'll, I'll yeah, roll with that. You, I mean, I think that part of what we try to do is go with the local pronunciation. Yeah. Right? So we can say from our West Coast knowledge how we think something is said back East, but it's not always the right yeah way. that's yeah. not and, the way the local would say it and i won't go into a million details on it but um i mean you know there's some episodes obviously like first of all i the perfectionist i am i have made peace with like okay there is the occasional word that is mispronounced mm-hmm. even in some of the airship episodes that i i just for the sake of production and uh you know time i i can't ask that of airship in perpetuity yeah, to- like Every, Every single, you know, possible. But like, you know, if if there, if there are, um, you know, two or three, or it's a big thing in that local area, right? The rest of the mm-hmm. nation, we don't know about it, but it's really important in the state of South Carolina. Like, yeah, you want to get that right. Yeah. Um, so there's that. You will probably hear some pronunciation errors moving forward. Oh, yes. Uh, well. From this. Okay, so let's circle back to the date. Okay. Let's do that, right? So we are releasing this episode, this discussion as an episode. So it will come out in, uh, it'll be our last episode of January 2023. Mm-hmm. Is you are listening to this episode months from now, maybe even years from now, you will probably notice that in the catalog, that is a big dirty lie as far as what the date <laughs> says. Um, one thing, and 
Kelsey, uh, I'll, I'll geek out on this again, right? Okay. Uh, as a historian, that, that, that this shows some of the problems that historians face all the time. So we can move an episode in its place in the catalog by changing the date, and we can change the date. So our plan is to take this episode that really kind of explains what's going on with these second editions, and we're going to keep this right at the end of any second edition episodes we've done. And uh, to also go ahead and address, uh, I'm starting to get a few emails on this, probably because we've replaced the first like- Seven. Se- yeah, seven files now, right? It'll be eight shortly. Yeah. Uh, I am planning on doing more second editions for sure. And again, I'm so proud of it. Please, no worries. I'll, I know <laughs> I'll probably get an email or a slew <laughs> saying something like, Greg, those early episodes are great. You know, l- l- leave them be. And you can still listen to yeah, them. Yeah, they're it's, still all on YouTube. Yep, we're not getting rid we're of them. We're not getting rid of them. Um, and if they're not, I don't know. I, I think I, they're all still on the Patreon as well. Yeah, they are. Uh, so. So Patreon, YouTube. I'm sure that indefinitely in the future, htdspodcast.com, right? Anything you want to do with this podcast, you'll find a path to it if it's not on the website itself. So log that away. Yeah, I mean, I'm... I'm I'm proud of them. Just like, just like if uh, you know, you go buy a volume. Uh, this won't surprise those who listened to episode 100. I do have a first edition multi-volume Edgar Allan Poe. You know, um, yeah, you're going to find some different punctuations and different things in that first edition versus a later. It, you can still get the first edition, and, and that's what I mean. The first yeah, edition. It's not like these are disappearing and we're nope. like hiding them away forever. That like. No, they're still available. They're still out there. But just like just like with a book, because again, that's how I conceive of this, the second edition, right? Yeah. The, that's the one that you're going to find readily available in the paperback at the bookstore. Exactly. Yeah, assuming a few years from now, will bookstores still exist? But um, hopefully. hopefully. They will. <laughs> uh, so th- those first editions will always be there. Um, I still love them to death. Uh, but I will definitely do some more. It, will I actually do a second edition of every single one that preceded? Airship, uh, I don't want to commit to that. I mean, life is long; we'll see. Yeah, but it's very, uh, it's very plausible that that could. It's not out of the realm of possibility, right? And so, as we as we definitely do some more of these, particularly the revolution, it's an era that I just really have a strong passion for. We'll move this episode in its place, yeah, so that people will find it if you're listening through the thing chronologically. You'll bump into this just as you now hit some of uh, some of the originals. Hello, everyone. My name is Wesley Livesey from the History of the Second World War podcast. My podcast is a mostly chronological retelling of the Second World War, and I hope you will join me on a journey through the most cataclysmic conflict in human history as we try to answer the questions of not just what and where, but how and why. Join me on a journey not just through the famous campaigns, battles, and events, but also on a trip around the globe as we broaden the scope of Second World War history beyond the well-known battlefields of Europe and the Pacific. During weekly episodes, I seek to provide new insight for longtime students of the war, while also being a great jumping-on point for anyone seeking a deeper understanding of the Second World War. This podcast has made it to the invasion of Poland in 1939, and start listening now to find out how the world would find itself embroiled in its second worldwide conflict in just 20 years. You can find History of the Second World War on all major podcast platforms, or at History of the Second World War. When Johann Rahl received the letter on Christmas Day, 1776, he put it away to read later. Maybe he thought it was a season's greeting and wanted to save it for the fireside. 
But what it actually was, was a warning, delivered to the Hessian colonel, letting him know that General George Washington was crossing the Delaware and would soon attack his forces. The next day, when Rawl lost the Battle of Trenton and died from two Colonial Boxing Day musket balls, the letter was found, unopened in his vest pocket. As someone with 15,000 unread emails in his inbox, I feel like there's a lesson there. Oh well, this is The Constant, a history of getting things wrong. I'm Mark Chrysler. Every episode, we look at the bad ideas, mistakes, and accidents that misshaped our world. Find us at constantpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Kelsey, when we were talking earlier, as we've kind of jumped all over the place, you <laughs> mentioned the George Washington story. Yeah. So in story. episode, the second edition of episode six, uh-huh. I loved it. Added in the bit about George Washington being nominated and asked to take over the Continental Army. And that was not originally in the original script. I liked seeing that because I felt like it gave more context because we talk about, oh, and George Washington became the general of the army. And and that's kind of where it's always left, right? We don't, I like seeing that kind of, oh, I don't know if I really want to do this. Like he was really hesitant and yeah. I appreciated that. Also, I loved hearing John Hancock was sitting over there wanting to do it himself. Doing, He's yeah. like, oh. Well, I mean, th- those are the things that make HTDS Right. Like th- that's the thing that I love doing on HTDS is that's what brings yeah. history to life. Those things are are in those early episodes. It's just not as much detail. Well, it's it's um it's partly that like I know these sources you know better. Uh, I mean, again, I was <laughs> I was a more, university professor when I started this, but now. precisely. So, um, you know, I I and I I also read the sources differently. Mm-hmm. By that I mean. Well, I've always been the historian, and I look at it, and I'm I'm ge- very careful to go. Okay, this is this is where I need to specify. This is conjecture. Like I can't do a story on this one because there are too many maybes. Yeah, there are too or, many maybes, right? Or as I, I've done, uh, I do it rarely, but sometimes it does make sense, both from an entertainment level, but more importantly, from a from a teaching level, it makes sense to draw the listener in with the story. Like we we did this on. I remember Zach asking for permission. Uh, hey, can we do this on this episode? I was like, yes, yes, we, we, this this is done on occasion. He was so jazzed. But the uh, Spanish-American War, where we told the story of a woman being harassed by Spanish customs in, um, was it in Havana Harbor? At, at any rate, we, we told that story and it was the way that Hearst told the story in his newspaper. So I let the reader the reader look at that. See, I think of it as a book. <laughs> I let the listener get pulled into it the way Hearst wanted it. it. Yeah. And then we dropped the other shoe. By the way, just kidding. Load of crap. Oh, yeah. We did that with the Boston Massacre as well. Yes. Right. right. Um, yeah. Episode three, right out the <laughs> gate. So, you know, there's when I was reading through, because I verify everything. Like, I also see these second editions as careful uh, a research as went into them originally. Yeah, I, I, if there isn't a footnote already, or I don't distinctly remember it, uh, I verify it. Yeah, and um, it has led to a few things that went. Oh, that was a fun little juicy detail. But I, if I can't figure out where I got that originally, and I can't remember it 
knowing that that is that that is true. I know there's a 99% chance I got that right, but I cut it. Mm-hmm. Um, all that said, as I'm as I was going through, uh, I was reading John Adams' diary, and so I read about you know his speaking in in front of the Congress, nominating George Washington, the drama. Right there's John Hancock. He describes how John Hancock, like he could see this. I couldn't put in, into the episode. Uh, you know, it just it, it didn't flow right. But John Adams explains how he knows that John Hancock's face is crestfallen. I'm not making that up, right? That's not that's me the word he license. uses. Uh, well, I can't remember if he uses that exact word. Or that's the way he describes yes, it. Yes, yes, he describes it. Um, and he clarifies, I can tell you this. I mean, I'm paraphrasing, right? But I can tell you this because as I'm speaking, I'm facing the president because that's how these things work. You'll you'll notice in these, uh, in many of these uh, stories where I go into the speaker modality, they'll say, sir, right? You know, they're speaking to the whole Congress and yet they keep saying, sir. Because they're sir. just- they address the president. Yeah. yeah. And and so they they drop in that sir. Um well, so learn something new because I didn't know that that's why they say sir. That's it. Get there, they speak to the president. Yeah, you don't address the the everybody else. Yes, you're you're addressing the president of the Congress in this case, right? So uh, he and he said just you know, from where he's at, even as he's looking around the room, he acknowledges that there's definitely some like because you're addressing the president, but you're super you're speaking talking to everybody. everybody else. Yeah. Um, but he said uh, that he had a perfect you know, eyesight, like lined yeah, up like right with him. Yeah. And, and he just watched as John Hancock's face, absolutely crestfallen. He he could see the like feeling of disappointment, maybe even be betrayal a little, of, a little bit. Like it's a strong word, but you know, Hancock, really handsome, popular to... Hancock, totally expected. Yeah. His BFF, well, BFFs may be strong, but you know like, what I they mean, They were right? obviously familiar yeah, with each other his fellow massachusetts man right yeah. locals are gonna have each other's backs we're, we're gonna <laughs> play that game because that has always happened right it's the thing yeah. we can all identify with yeah um and and it's also these moments that make something like say the revolution special not that there isn't plenty of you know ugliness because there's always ugliness because that's humanity yeah but like in this moment where you see john hancock um he's crestfallen John Adams, though, is not looking out for his buddy's selfish interests. He has put the good of this movement, yeah. the Congress, the colonies, over. John Hancock wanting to yep. maybe, be in charge. And maybe he would have done fine. I honestly doubt it. <laughs> I feel like the more you get into to George Washington's story and even the discussion of replacing him, all those uh, those would-be uh, replacements like Horatio Gates, they end up botching it somewhere in, yeah. a, in a way that really left me going, wow, the revolution was done for if, was, if, if the torch had been He was the off. right choice. He was the right choice. All his flaws and, because uh, he's not the world's greatest commander. I'm sorry, look at me falling into analysis now. No, but <laughs> Because he's a human being, yep. right? And yep. that, and that's what I appreciated about that. Seeing yes. that additional information that got put in and helped me connect with him a little bit more. And as I've learned, like I, I'll look at a paragraph sometimes and go, oh, wow, I can tighten that up, right? And so mm-hmm. clip, 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 you're getting just as much information, but now a 500-word segment becomes a 200-word segment. And I do that throughout the episode and suddenly I have space to insert another story. So whereas before George Washington, I totally acknowledged that he gave a speech. Uh, I cited one of his letters, like the primary sources were there. Mm-hmm. But yeah, you didn't get all that personal. Stuff. Yeah, there wasn't space for it. No. But now the episode is slightly longer than the original, only by a few minutes. It's because other other sections 
You're I, able to condense them while keeping the information all the same. Yep. It's it's like higher concentration. Yeah. It's, it you know, um, and even as I read through, you know, the, I'd read through an original section be like, yeah, that is kind of, uh, yeah, it's fun. Uh, it's cheeky. It's definitely mm-hmm. got my, my uh, you know, at times corny uh, uh, sense of humor on it. Um, and I definitely make sure to keep particularly the, well, to, to keep those gregisms as, as it's sometimes put to me, particularly the ones that people have, have told me that they really loved, right? Like the, yeah. the John Hancock and Batman oh, yeah. comparison, right? Like, uh, I, I think I'd, we'd have riots on our hands if I dared <laughs> to touch that. Um, so I, I, I leave that, but I'm able to condense it. And as I condense it, um, each and every one of these second edition episodes, they have an additional story or two. And by story, I, I mean something that I gave you the facts on, like this most recent one that, that we did, um, episode seven. <laughs> I yes. had to pause and think for a second. Um, I totally acknowledge Canada. General Montgomery gets shot in the neck in, in Quebec. And Quebec, there's a pronunciation. Mm-hmm. You know what? I, I mold over that one. Quebec is how you often hear it, mm-hmm. right? And that is mental work for me from years <laughs> half of my life or more french speaker visited quebec right yeah and for, for me it, it's it's quebec les quebecois uh so uh anyhow uh, another fun pronunciation <laughs> note but point being that's now a scene so rather than it being a, a a quick george washington's in cambridge and canada is happening you got that sense by the way we're back to cambridge all those con- those little condensing moments now allow me to go. It's, it's story time, and now yeah. we are with Montgomery in Canada. In Canada, as he is torn to shreds by grape shot, and there's Aaron Burr, who I mentioned. He, he tries to pull off the body, but now you 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 can picture vividly, little diminutive almost Aaron Burr trying to drag this burly badass dead general. That for whom he's the aide de camp, trying to drag him, and finally having to realize this is not happening. I'm physically incapable of this. <laughs> I've got to give it up. Yeah. Uh, by the way, a fun note, which maybe should be in an epilogue, but um, the British gave Montgomery a very respectful internment, and his body was eventually returned to New York decades later. Always nice. It is to hear those little things. Well, and right? the, the the reason for that. Uh, I'll go ahead and note is that uh, Montgomery was a well-respected officer in the British military. So that again is part of where the revolution's as much a civil war. We tend to think of it as a revolution, and it is, but it's a civil war. Here is this British officer, and so many the, the the men defending Quebec in that moment. They were heartbroken that he's dead. Yeah. Right. Here's this man Ooh, that they were fighting. Is, yeah. But somebody that they probably knew him. They knew him. They like. They respected him. They felt he had, uh, that he'd lost his way, right? Like, yeah. like that. I mean, you see this stuff in families, right? All you know, the some, time. Someone, right, they, they, they leave the, the family, uh, the family's traditional, whether it's the faith, politics, they go in the career that they weren't supposed they to. They move to a new place. All Right, all those things. The, the, the love's there, but there's that sense of like, oh. oh why? Right? Yeah. But why? Um, it, it, that's exactly how, you know, and, and so they were just. Yeah, yeah, just like you would be. Yeah. That was you in that so, situation. So so the British were as heartbroken to see, you know, dead. Maybe, I'll say yes. Yeah, they were as, as heartbroken as were those 400 now prisoners of war Americans to see, oh. Montgomery is Yeah. And also in there, Benedict Arnold, right? This is his first major injury. Yeah. So 
when we get to, you know, to his betrayal, I think that's episode 11. Um, is it 12? 12. 11 to 12. Okay, 12. I'll, I'll take your word for it. Um, it's going to hit harder. Yeah. Right? Because even though I tell you about these things, now you've got that vivid account in episode seven where you can picture Arnold cheering his men on, telling them, attack, attack. He's got two soldiers. His arms are slung over them, right? Two soldiers are dragging him off. And I can just picture in my mind that left leg of his torn up, mm-hmm. ripped apart by, by a musket ball, hot blood dripping into the snow. And there he is forward, forward, not yeah. thinking about himself, right? And those are the things that that help us have a more nuanced, careful understanding of, you know, how does this happen? Yeah, how does he become, right, the, yeah, the synonymous yeah. with traitor? Precisely. Uh, you know, so loathed that even the statue, as I as I mentioned in uh, in episode <laughs> nine, right, the, the statue depicting the heroes of Saratoga, where he has his next major. Uh, There's his leg. Yep. Yep. No name. No name. Just a just, leg. Just his leg. Um, you know how how do we get to those those places? Well, part of it is because of how beloved he was to begin with, right? Yeah, and you get to see that a little bit more. So now, in, in conclusion, <laughs> mm-hmm. as this process goes on, I become increasingly aware. Uh, not that I thought I walked on water when this started, but I become increasingly aware of my own fallibilities, my own shortcomings, and my love for American history, my desire to not just do a good job, but to do the absolute best I possibly can. The opportunity to be able to bring to life that much more. Yeah. You know? Um, and, <laughs> and get those decibel levels where everyone's where they, ears are yeah. happy. And, oh and you know, while we're at it, yeah, I'm going to go ahead and fix Mobile. And I'm so grateful to Lucy, my dear friend in, in Tennessee. You know, um, I do think voices are important. Too many emails from parents telling me how their kids can can follow the characters. So, it makes it easier for me to follow it, right? right? I appreciate that as well. Then that that's the intention. Never never intended to uh, um, <laughs> to upset anyone, but um, y- you know, not not just swinging the bat, but going. Oh, okay, right. I should like train if I if I can find the time or like like what what I've done with uh, when we had Andrew Carnegie, you know. I, um, through this vast network now that we have with the HDS Facebook group, uh, I got in touch with my buddy, Mike, a listener in Boston. Well, I just asked who can help me coach uh, a Scottish accent. And Mike writes, I have a dear friend and he's <laughs> Scottish. He lives in Scotland. Okay, boom, connection made, right? Yeah. So uh, all my imperfections aside, um, and as pleased as I am, as, as honored as I am to have made these episodes, to have all of you going on this journey with me, um, I, I see the opportunity to just make it that much more engaging. And those originals will always be out there, but I've, I'm, I'm going to seize that. So I think the pattern that we've fallen into is um, I'm going to kind of start off every year with with a few second yeah, I think editions. we did a couple last summer. We'll do a couple. We did a couple well, here in I, January. So yeah, I, what we did this last year is Fourth uh, of July happened to be release day. Like as you go through the catalog, now, yeah, that doesn't happen we'll, super often. <laughs> we'll, we'll unpublish because again, the order's so important, and I know this this goes against the grain for how podcasting typically works. But when we do one of these second editions, we'll, we'll publish it. We'll leave it there for a number of uh, months. I mean, we don't get rid of it immediately, no. 
And we don't delete it, but what we do is we just, we make it basically invisible on the RSS feed. So now it looks like maybe we missed a date. Never have, never will. <laughs> um, publish on holidays, you name it. Um, that's just the perfectionist in me. I can't give myself <laughs> a break. I, I just, I won't do it. People tell me to do that. Nope, nope. Two weeks. Every two weeks. Every two weeks. It happens. Um, but uh, it may be that that episode is no longer visible because I want you to be able to listen. Episode one, straight through, and it's chronological. That date order is more important than the date on which an episode was released. Yeah. So we'll go back and, and on the RSS feed, replace yep. with this new audio these older episodes. Exactly. Exactly. And so anyhow, I think <laughs> at the beginning of... In the new year, you can look forward to us doing a, a, a few second editions, but then also, you know, n- not a ton. I definitely don't want to, I'll never get done, and I do want to actually finish this someday. I, <laughs> I am pressing forward faithfully, but, you know, maybe three or four of, of these um, uh, a year, kind of a, a small batch of two to three in January, followed by like, when I know a release date is on a significant day. So the 4th of July was the great time to do. We jumped ahead in the order, right? We did episode eight because that was the episode. It was the 4th of July. Yeah, so it was too fitting. So, you know, naturally we'll we'll look forward to like the date, uh, you know, of um, the Donner party. Apparently I'm full of dark humor today. Yeah. Um, We'll we'll, uh, probably not uh, do that, but um, that'll explain. Occasional what looks like lapses in date. Yes. But... Really, there wasn't. Yeah. It was just one of these second editions. That's right. Kelsey, I've run out of things to say. That's a first. (laughs) Better, better. (laughs) Damn it. That was a good one. You you nailed me on that. Um, Better put, I've run out of points to make on this topic. Uh, Let's go ahead and hang it up, shall we? Yes, we shall. Okay. And uh, so thanks, as always, for joining me. And thank you, everyone who's listening, for continuing to join me on this far longer journey than I realized I was starting on (laughs) when I launched this podcast back in 2017. So uh, join me in two weeks and wherever this episode's located, I'd like to tell you a story. History That Doesn't Suck is created and hosted by me, Greg Jackson. Production by Airship. Sound design by Molly Bach. Special guest, Kelsey Dines. Theme music composed by Greg Jackson. Arrangement and additional composition by Lindsey Graham of Airship. HTBS is supported by fans at patreon.com forward slash history that doesn't suck. My gratitude to Time Souls providing funding to help us keep going. Thank you. And a special thanks to our patrons whose monthly gift puts them at producer status. Amanda Bragg, Art Lang, Ben Kelly, Bethany Christiansen, Bill Thompson, Bob Drazovich, Brad Herman, Shannon Stewart, Charles and Shirley Clendenden, Chris Mendoza, Christopher Cottle, Christopher Pullman, David Aubrey, David DeFazio, Durante Spencer, Dex Jones, Donald Moore, Henry Brunges, James Black, Jamie McCreary, Jeffrey Newts, Jennifer Magnolia, Joe Dobis, John Frugal Dougal, John Keller, John Ridlevich, John Schaefer, Juliana Taper, Karen Bartholomew, Kristen Kenny, Kyle Decker, Lawrence Neubauer, Liz McNeil, Mark Ellis, Matthew Mitchell, Melanie Jan, Michael Umbright, Mike Healy, Nick Navoda, Ogade Khan, Bob Borowski, Paul Goringer, Rich Miller, Rich Brown, Robert Senzi, Sarah Trawick, Sean Pepper, Sean Baines, Sue Lane, The Creepy Girl, Thomas Budd, Thomas Stewart, Tisha Black, Todd Kine, and Victoria Bennett. Join me in two weeks, where I'd like to tell you a story. What's something you learned in history class that you feel like wasn't the whole truth? Better yet, what's something you didn't learn at all that was omitted completely? That's what I like to call redacted history. My name is Andre White. 
the host of the Redacted History Podcast, the place where history's forgotten events, heroes, and villains get their story told, one episode at a time. The Redacted History Podcast. Real history never dies. Stream the Redacted History Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you get your podcasts. What does Sputnik have to do with student loans? How did a set of trembling hands end the Soviet Union? How did inflation kill moon bases? And how did a former president decide to run for a second non-consecutive term? These are among the topics we deal with on the My History Can Beat Up Your Politics podcast. We tell stories of history that relate to today's news events. Give a listen. My History Can Beat Up Your Politics wherever you get podcasts.